Back to Bench Busted FPL. We are back with season three for the 22-23 Premier League season. I am your host for the week, Jack. And as always, I'm joined by Nick. Nick, how are you this week? Jack, I am happy that FPL is back, but decisions, decisions, decisions. Last week I was so sure if we like about my team and about what I was doing. This week it's all changed. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm at panic stations. I hope you feel the same. Because honestly, I'm all over the place. I think I'm probably a bit more comfortable with my team than you are, perhaps with yours. And certainly, you know, making changes with only really a couple of days left to go until the deadline certainly isn't a, pay- a place where I would want to be. And like I say, I'm I'm fairly confident in my team. I'm like 90, 95% set in, in my team. And I mean, it has changed slightly from last week when we recorded the podcast. But yeah, I'm, I'm feeling fairly confident. And I know, obviously, we had the Community Shield over the weekend just gone and I think that that might have certainly swayed a lot of people's thinkings about some of the City assets some of the uh, Liverpool assets as well and I know you were firmly on the uh, on the no Salah train going in to that game but your opinion seems to have changed hasn't it? Yeah, it certainly has which is why I'm all in panic stations it was sort of a combination of looking how up for it Salah was and looking at sort of how bad really an asset Diaz was compared to like what I thought he'd be like having watched him like the end of last season maybe I watched him with like biased eyes or something either way I was like crumbs I want to get rid of Son I want to get Salah back in because I don't want Diaz and I do want Salah um, and then I had to find money in my team because I also wanted to get rid of Grealish after that game uh, you wanted to get rid of a certain someone, and I'm sure you'll talk about that in a second. So I, was, like, I basically just restructured my team to, to get to get Salah back in, find the money, and to still be happy. Um, bit of a disaster for me, really, if you ask me. I should have thought about this a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you know, credit where credit's due, Salah put in a, a fantastic performance, as did some of the other Liverpool assets as well. I mean, Nunez didn't start the game, but he came on in the second half, and he... You know, he looked like he had already adapted to the way that Klopp wants him to play, adapted to the way that Liverpool play. And of course, you know, in the absence of Jota, who I believe is actually going to be, you know, not going to be missing too much of the season. I think his injury and, and his way back into full fitness is actually a, a lot closer than a lot of people think. So I think people who are opting to go with Nunez just bear that in mind. But, you know, the likes of Trent and, and Robertson, Trent picking up a goal in that game, Robertson getting an assist on the uh, on the Nunez goal, Salah getting a goal and an assist, I believe, as well. But yeah, Nick, let's just get straight into it. How's your team looking compared to last week? Obviously, we know that you have dropped Son for Salah now, but has there been any other major changes to your side? Oh, Jesus. Yes, a million. I'll tell you what I've kept. I've kept Jesus, I've kept Haaland, I've kept Trent, Robertson and Cancelo. Um, and, and then everything else apart from that has, has almost changed. Um, even my four million bench fodder, bench fodders actually have both changed too. What I've done is I've gone Son to Salah. Uh, I've gone Grealish to Trossard, who I actually got him in before he scored that hat-trick. I was, I was like, he was in the team before he scored a hat-trick in pre-season. Um, I sort of like him at that price. I like Brighton's fixtures, sort of not for the first couple, but he's worth holding because he's got like a Bournemouth game quite soon. And there's some really nice... Like, just, just nice stuff about the way he plays as well for Brighton. And his form at the end of last season was so good. It was It's, it's a bit like Bowen vibes, where Bowen was quite good towards the end of the season before last um, and then exploded onto the scene halfway through last season. So something like that. 
Um, I've gone for Bailey in midfield as well, from, down from Neto, again, to try and save funds, but also because I'm not as sold on Neto as other people were. He was very highly owned for some reason, even though, I don't know, I think I'd probably pick Podence, especially now that Jimenez is out over him. But Bailey's cheaper. He is being praised by Gerard, and he's also looking like he might be part of the starting eleven in a, in a team that, I don't know, where the positions seem like up for grabs. So fancy him for it. To save even more money, I downgraded whatever 5 million defender placeholder I had. Again, like I've been looking at Leicester fullbacks and I've been thinking about Leicester fullbacks as like legitimate options. Ricardo Pereira gets injured and I switch from James Justin to uh, Castagna because he's 4.5 and he was fantastic for more than 4.5. Um, I think he's going to end up being a real bargain, especially when he sort of, when Ricardo's back, sometimes plays right wing. When Ricardo isn't back, he plays sort of a right wing, a right fullback who bombs up the pitch. For me, quality. And then if you're keeping track on the maths, you'll work out that I had 5 million left for a goalkeeper instead of 4.5. So I've gone for Ramsdale, just completely out of nowhere. Uh, I, I was originally sort of like a Mendy fan or a Saar fan or any of the 4.5. So I've just put Ramsdale in the team because, again, I just sort of fancy their fixtures. And I don't know. I can't stand Ramsdale, so I thought I'd just get him in. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think Ramsdale's certainly a, a decent pick. You know, that Arsenal defence certainly has improved over the last couple of seasons under uh, Mikel Arteta. So I think that having a Arsenal defensive asset, whether it be a goalkeeper, whether it be one of the uh, defenders, is certainly, you know, not a bad option. My question to you, though, obviously big news, and I think uh, certainly a lot of people now looking at some of the Leicester defensive assets, maybe not the defenders, but certainly the goalkeepers. There are rumours that Kasper Schmeichel, who has been at the club for, what, 10 years now, there are rumours that he is going to be moving to League Earthside, Lille. And that certainly presents FPL managers with what seems to be a budget-friendly goalkeeper to have on their bench at 4.0, and that's Ward from Leicester. Their backup goalkeeper, Iverson, who would be their first choice, potentially their second choice goalkeeper, is also 4.0 in the game. So FPL managers now being presented with the option to go with two potentially 4.0 goalkeepers with the guarantee that one of them is going to start. Now you, as someone who is currently on a lesser defender, does that worry you at all that they are going to be losing the likes of Schmeichel between the sticks and perhaps the clean sheet isn't going to be as guaranteed as it is? I mean, Leicester don't have the best start to the season. Yes, they open up uh, with Brentford, but their first you know, three or four fixtures aren't as easy as, as I think a lot of people think they are. It is interesting, isn't it? Um, this 4.0 goalkeeper situation. I, I'm honestly, I'm happy with my Leicester defender because he's quite cheap. So you're not expecting clean sheets every every game, and the potential for attacking returns. I think with Castagna, like we both, you've got to admit, it, it's like it's not unrealistic that he'll get attacking returns. As for the goalkeeper situation, it is interesting. I mean, are you convinced? Are you convinced that they won't go out and buy a goalkeeper, despite um, Rogers saying that like Ward is number one and they won't? Because I don't know. I, I still get the feeling that they're going to try and buy a goalkeeper sometime in in August, um, and that this could like imagine if that happened. And how much of a backfire this whole thing would be, you know? I think I'm convinced as far as to have Ward as a 4.0 sitting on my bench, certainly for, you know, the first few weeks um, and certainly until, the, you know, the end of the summer transfer window. Because if it does look as if he is going to be that number one goalkeeper at Leicester, if, of course, the rumours are to be believed and Schmeichel is going to get his move away from the club, then, you know, honestly, having a 4.0 goalkeeper who is more often than not going to be playing games for that Leicester side. I think he is in there ahead of Iverson. 
Um, I think that that's just something that you really can't argue with, having a 4.0 goalkeeper who is going to get you minutes. And if, say, you know, the likes of your Ramsdale's, your Raya, who is in my team, do pick up an injury and are out, then you do know that you have that fallback option, at least for the first couple of weeks. Maybe it might not shape out that way and you might have to reinvest uh, in your goalkeepers. But I think the double up is very risky. If you're if you're looking to attack the early game weeks and you know you have an early wild card in mind, obviously we know that the first international break is going to be uh, after game week eight. So I think a lot of people are going to be targeting around that time, halfway through the first half of the season, to activate their first wild card. But if you're looking to do it within the first three or four weeks, then why not you know try to attack the opening games and, and invest your funds in some of the attacking players in your side? But for me, I think just having Ward on the benches is certainly you know, enough for me. To be honest, I think your team has certainly changed a lot more than mine has. You mentioned it earlier, you know, I watched the Community Shield and yes, I get it. I think if you look at the stats, Haaland had an XG, the chances that he had, I think he had an XG of about 1.5. And, you know, you know that any other day when the balls are played into him where he wants them to be played into, he is going to get your goal or two. Don't get me wrong. He is a fantastic player. And you know what you're getting with him after watching him play in the Bundesliga. My issue with him is I don't think that that opening day fixture against West Ham is as favourable as a lot of people think. I think West Ham have recruited well. And, you know, it being away from home at the London Stadium, I, I, I think that West Ham will put up a good fight in that game. And they might try to limit the chances that, that Haaland... Gets. And I might be completely proven wrong come the end of game week one. But for now, I do have Kane in my side. It is certainly terrifying not going into the start of an FPL season without any City attacking assets. But you know what? With Kane at home against Southampton, the way that he's looked in preseason, the fact that Conte has had his first preseason with them, and we've seen it before, as I mentioned last week, Conte has that winning mentality ingrained in him and he just looks like he wants to you know go and score as many goals as he can for Spurs in the Premier League this season and I think the way Spurs have recruited as well in, in the transfer window they've made some very very good signings they obviously have one eye on the Champions League which will come into effect around game week four game week five so I think for the first sort of opening weeks I think it's worth I wouldn't say even a gamble because you know what you're getting with Kane. He's going to play 90 minutes barring an injury almost every single game. He's on penalties and his link-up play with Son is just phenomenal. And that's not to say that Son is a, uh, isn't a better option than, than Kane. But I do think that, yeah, with Kane filling that 11.5 million striker role at the moment, I'm, I'm more than happy to have him. And you know what? At the end of the day, if needs must... It's a it's an easy transfer to go from Kane to Haaland. They're both the same price. I do have 0.5 saved in the bank currently. So even if there is a price rise for Haaland, then it is a very simple switch to drop Kane when he plays Chelsea in game week two and go for Haaland when they go up against Bournemouth in what will be his first home game in the Premier League. So yeah, I think that there is that option and I'm sort of trying to keep my options open. And I know we shouldn't be booking in a transfer early but that's what I'm going with at the moment I think what's interesting Jesus at the moment is owned by 73% of FPL managers and I think that that's part of that is due to the fact of how well he's done in preseason. 
but also the fact that they've priced him at 8 million and 8 million for an attacker in that Arsenal side who have looked fantastic I think is a bargain and Jesus yes I know you may not rate him as a striker but I honestly think that he is going to do fantastically well in that Arsenal side this season other changes in my team I mean I've bought in Perisic Perisic is back into the lineup I still have the double up on the Liverpool defense with Trent and Robertson and I think to be honest that community shield display from the two of them just cemented themselves in in my side and Cancelo is obviously there as well Raya is in between the sticks I've got Neto and Bailey as well you know two budget friendly uh, enabling midfielders who like you say you know Bailey he may not look like he's gonna explode onto the scene but certainly in preseason and the way that Gerard has spoken about how he's sort of showing him that he wants to be in that starting 11 I think that that certainly bodes well for him and yeah Neto I mean yeah you've got Neto and Podence there but I'm a fan of Neto you're a fan of Podence it is what it is and I mean the final spot is is currently occupied by Bukayo Saka, again, purely based on how Arsenal have been playing. It looks like he might be on penalties. I think that there's sort of an unwritten rule at Arsenal at the moment that whoever wins the penalty might be the one who is uh, elected to uh, take the penalty. But yeah, you know, we saw it last season, Saka, everyone thought that he wasn't going to perform as well as he did, certainly following on from the uh, Euro 2021 penalty miss and and all of the sort of social media uh, that followed on from that and everyone thought that maybe it would get into his head but I think he sort of shrugged that off now and and he he just looks like his link-up play as well with Jesus up at the top of the pitch is fantastic and out of those Arsenal midfielders he looks like he is least likely to be sort of subbed off and obviously with the five sub rule he certainly looks like he is going to be getting the most minutes out of any of those uh, Arsenal attacking midfield options but yeah, I mean, aside from that, I mean, the bench is pretty much the same. The only thing that's changed is uh, Caballero to Ward in, in that goalkeeper spot. I've got, uh, well, I've actually jumped off of Sam Greenwood and I've gone to Lyle Taylor at Forest purely based on the fact that I know that he's been getting some minutes in preseason. And as much as you don't really want to focus on your 4.5 bench fodder, Greenwood is owned by like 25% of the game. So if another 4.5 option does emerge, you know that you're going to suffer a price drop fairly quickly because people will go from Greenwood to someone else, say a 4.5 million option starts to actually start gains, then you know that people are going to jump ship. So I'd much rather go with someone who's maybe not as highly owned and uh, not have to worry about a price drop. But yeah, I mean... I guess the main change from my team is is uh, Haaland to Kane. That's it's kind of interesting because our teams actually end up being quite similar. Um, like we've both got an eight mil mid, and at the moment I'm on Kulusevski, but I could end up on Saka maybe. And then it's just like I've got Trossard and Castagna. You've got Perisic and Neto. I could drop Trossard to Neto and upgrade Castagna to like Perisic for like that same money. So it's actually that we've got quite similar teams. And I like your point about bench fodder, although I haven't gone for Taylor. I've gone for Archer because I just sort of have this naive belief that Gerard will uh, play kids at some point. <laughs> Maybe he won't. I think he is certainly featured in every single preseason game for Aston Villa. So, and, and, you know, he's even contributed with a goal or two as well. So there's certainly absolutely no reason why you, you wouldn't pick him. And, and I, I think for me, you know, there, there are a couple options that that spring to mind at that price point yeah Greenwood uh, Archer Plange as well at at Palace is a name that's been thrown around and I think it's not so much worrying about those players in particular as much as it is about worrying about how 
nailed are the other other players in that position. You know, you, you've got the likes of uh, Edouard, uh, Mateta and whatever at Palace. And I think that they might not be as nailed. I think that Taylor in the championship last season did contribute with a goal or two as well. Uh, Greenwood, I think, is maybe in less contention for a start, certainly. I mean, he will get substitute appearance minutes, which I guess is all you want from your 4.5. But yeah, I mean, Archer, again, you know, Ings injury prone. Watkins could uh, pick up an injury here or there as well. So yeah, Archer, Archer's a decent pick. Yeah, well, I hope so. I hope so. I don't know enough about him, really. It's like one of those where I'm sort of just uh, praying a bit and hoping he comes good. I think what we'll do now, Nick, is we're going to move on to just talk about a few of the fixtures on the opening weekend of the Premier League. Of course, the first fixture is on Friday with the deadline being at half past six. Uh, that first fixture being Crystal Palace at home against Arsenal. Uh, on the Saturday, we've got Fulham Liverpool is the early kickoff. Bournemouth versus Villa, Leeds versus Wolves, Newcastle versus Forest and Spurs, Southampton are the three o'clock kickoffs, and then. The uh, evening game is Everton versus Chelsea. And then on the Sunday, to round off the opening weekend, we have Leicester versus Brentford, Man United versus Brighton, and of course, West Ham versus Manchester City. Now, I think, you know, the two teams that we do have to talk about, that we are going to continue to talk about, no doubt, as we move on through the season, of course, Liverpool and Man City, both opening up the season away from home. Liverpool face, once again, a newly promoted side. However, Man City have a bit more of a difficult task ahead of them as they have to travel to the London Stadium and, you know, a West Ham side who might spring a surprise or two. And, you know, with the way that City played in the Community Shield, they did look a bit slow to begin with. You know, they didn't get out of the blocks quick enough, I don't think. And certainly I know Pep likes to give his players a decent amount of rest and and recovery time in between seasons. So they've maybe not had as strenuous a preseason as as other teams. But... uh, yeah, I mean, that Liverpool-Fulham game, we're all looking at that with glowing eyes with the likes of Salah in our team and, and, you know, sticking the armband on him going into game week one, a newly promoted side. Do we expect anything other than a Liverpool win here? Yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? I, I, do you know what I'm expecting? Liverpool win, but Mitrovic scores in, in a similar way to... Um, do you remember the start of ooh, two seasons ago when... Or maybe it was three seasons ago. Liverpool beat Norwich 3-1. But Pookie scored. And then it's that was the start of the big Pookie bandwagon. Um and it won't wouldn't surprise me if the same happened. Like history does love to repeat itself. I'm keen to watch it, Jack. I'm keen for all of these games, by the way, because I just like this is the time of the season where you are way more likely to like like you're 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 open to way more players because you haven't seen any of them play yet in a proper Premier League game uh, this season. So you're going to, any game you watch, you'll be like, oh, I could get them in. Oh, I could get them in. Oh, sack off this guy that I just decided on a couple of weeks ago. You know, it's it's going to be very cool re- regardless. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, certainly, you know, we say that it takes about three or four weeks really before you actually start to see the players come into the fold and, you know, players that you want to be bringing into your team start to stand out from, from others. And yeah, I think it's certainly at the point of the season now where, Everyone playing FPL has that sort of gut feeling that, you know, this could be my year and my game week one team is just set up so perfectly. There's absolutely no way it could go wrong. And then when the three o'clock games kick off on the on the Saturday, everyone is just sort of tearing up their teams and wishing that they would have bought in a player or stuck with a player that they subsequently transferred out. Um, hopefully that's not the case for you or I. But um, yeah, there, there are some other 
fairly decent fixtures uh, in the opening weekend. Obviously, we do have the three newly promoted sides in uh, in Fulham, Forest, and Bournemouth. But yeah, you know what? I think Leeds, who have recruited well, they've looked okay in pre-season. I think the Everton-Chelsea game certainly give a lot of FPL managers maybe some kind of indication as to what is going to happen with that Chelsea defence and is Rhys James going to start? Is he going to play on the right-hand side? Is he going to be moving to a centre-back role? I think now that there are reports of uh, Cucurella, who was linked with Manchester City, um, but now is potentially going to be moving to Chelsea, I think certainly of the fullback options, Rhys James looks like he is perhaps the, the better one to go with, just because I feel like there's less competition on, on that right-hand side. But, I mean, I'm steering clear of the Chelsea assets at the moment. The Man united Brighton game, I think, is going to be a very interesting one for a lot of FPL managers because we all know that they've taken massive price cuts across the board in terms of their, their, their FPL prices. And I think a lot of people are going to be keeping half an eye on, on the United assets to see just how well they do in their first Premier League game under Eric Ten Hag. Um, is that a game that you're going to be paying much attention to or Man United very much, uh, you know, Give it a couple of weeks and then perhaps we'll see. Mate, it is a game I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to, but because I own Trossard, Jack, don't forget, I'm a massive Trossard <laughs> fan these days. I'm here for his big opening opening day hat-trick, really. Well, not opening day, but you know what I mean, opening weekend hat-trick. I will also be watching because, you know, if the Trossard train... Train? Mm, everything's a train. If the Trossard tram derails... Tram. Then, um, <laughs> well, he's from. He's not from the Netherlands. I don't even know if they have trams in the Netherlands, but he's actually from Belgium anyway. Anyway, if the Trossard tram derails, the Rashford. Ah, oh, see, I've set myself up now. There's nothing that begins with an R. The Rashford ride. <laughs> if the Trossard tram derails, then the Rashford ride begins. Um, so I will be watching that game. I, I really do want to see how they set up. There could be some really weird bargains in Manchester United's midfield this season. And being able to jump on them would like would be just a really cool thing to do. So uh, we'll wait and see. I'm, I wouldn't get them in anyway at the moment because it's just so risky and it doesn't you don't you just don't need to take those risks. But uh, yeah, absolutely, all eyes on that game for me, which is a shame because the Leicester game's on at the same time. Um, but I will rather watch Brighton. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think I'm certainly going to miss going down to the uh, Brentford Community Stadium, or should I? Rather say it is uh, now commonly known as the GTEC Community Stadium after Brentford did pick up uh, a sponsor and, and had the naming rights uh, sold to, to GTEC. So, yeah, I am going to actually miss watching live Premier League football this season. I do have my eye on, on a couple of the uh, Brentford assets, of course. The likes of Tony is still there. They've been linked with Mikael Damsgaard, who's a, a young 22-year-old Danish uh, midfielder who, you know, certainly has uh, signs of being what Ericsson was for them in the second half of, of last season. And, you know, he did score the free kick against England in the uh, semi-final of the Euros last year as well. So he does look like a player uh, to, to keep an eye on. But yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, aside from those games, I mean, I'll keep my eye on the Spurs-Southampton game. Of course, I will, hoping for a massive, massive Kane points haul. But what we'll do before we end then, I know we want to try and keep it as concise as we can. And of course, I know that you are cooking up your girlfriend a, a lovely meal for when she gets back home this evening, mate. Yeah, hopefully the podcast doesn't come out before she gets home. <laughs> what, are you not going to tell us what you're cooking her? Are you not going to tell the listeners? I'm doing a, 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 I'm doing a baked tofu udon bowl with, with pak choy and ginger. 
Yeah, I know, right? That you did it. Did you expect it to be? I no, I. I mean, yeah. What did you just say? I, I like to cook, man. I like to cook. I know what pak choy is. What did you say? Uda? What's that? U- udon, udon noodles. They're like the really thick oh, noodles. ones. Noodles. Oh, I see. Hey, it's gonna uh, and it's yeah. It's like a, there's a. I'm gonna do some <laughs> some baked tofu in the oven as well. Hey, it sounds. Uh, Sounds like I'll have to uh, come down for dinner sometime. <laughs> yeah, I cook a mean meal. I cook a mean meal. <laughs> but as I was saying, what we are going to do, and I've not really given this much thought, and I've not really given you much uh, planning or preparation into this, but I think that what I'd like to do for this season is each week pick a punty player of the week, and we'll keep a score on which of our punts have oh this is good got more points in that given game week now i don't know if you want to implement the rule where we can't pick the same player twice because there might be a point in a season where you know a player's just going on a good run of form and maybe maybe we keep it so you can't pick the same player twice in a row so if they do well next one week you have to you know maybe change it for them yeah. next week and, and do they have to be like below a certain percentage owned to be a pun well this is what i was thinking what would you say would be classified as a pun i was thinking maybe less than 10 percent ownership i i can i can vibe with less than 10 percent. okay okay so nick my question to you then is who is your punty pick for game week one well jack you're very lucky i've got a player who's owned by 6.9 percent of the people in the game a player that no one has talked about at all on any of the social media I've looked at, because they're probably just a bit overpriced, but perfect for the punty pick of the week, I've gone for Raheem Sterling, who I think could... He scored He scored, and he's looked good in pre-season. You said he's been linking up with Mountwell, so you sort of you see it too, I think. And uh, Everton away. Chelsea typically lose to Everton away, but uh, I think Raheem Sterling could be the secret source that Chelsea need to get off to a great start to the season. Um, could be... A key cog in the attack. Uh, I've seen him a little bit, and I and I like his style, Jack. So that's my very last minute punty pick of the week. But I think that could be. I don't. I, I'm gonna. I think it's gonna. You're gonna have a tough time beating that. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, like I say, I've, I think Sterling is is a very good pick. I think 10 million the price tag. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll have to implement that they have to be under a certain price <laughs> at some point. Do you mean he's not that. worth 10 million? Is well, he? Well, I, I think maybe at Chelsea he could be, to be honest. But yeah, I think you know Chelsea opening the season. Um, against uh, Everton away from home yeah I get it it's away from home but the way as you say the way that he's been sort of gelling in that team and you know you don't just buy Sterling to to put him on the bench um, and I think even Aguero came out and said that he was maybe a bit disappointed or, or upset that they had let Sterling go to one of their Premier League rivals so I think that you know he can perhaps rejuvenate himself in that uh, in that Chelsea side it's not to say that he was poor at uh, at Man City, but perhaps at times, you know, with the way that Pep likes to play and, and rotate his players, he perhaps didn't get the uh, amount of game time that that he perhaps deserves. And I think that he'll certainly get that when he's uh, playing in that Chelsea side. And more often than not, he is going to start games certainly in the early stages of the season before the Champions League kicks in. I think he could be a a fantastic pick for me. It's a bit of a tricky one. I think I've got a couple of players in mind. Um, and a couple of players who are, you know, City midfielders. But again, do you want to take the risk on picking? I mean, I guess that that's the whole point in in choosing a punt, isn't it? So yeah, it's a punty pick. Uh, I think I'm going to play safe and, and go with a player who, you know, may or may not be at Leicester come the weekend, depending on how things go. But I'm thinking I'm going to go with James Madison. 
you know, he's opening up. Wow, he's only 5.3% owned. Yeah, it's, it is crazy. I think a lot of uh, FPL managers are, are picking other 8.0 midfielders over the likes of him. You know, you've got the likes of Diaz and, and Saka who are in the sort of 20% ownership and, and uh, you know, Mount's even just tipping on to 10.1%. So, I mean, I would have gone for Mount if he wasn't uh, over that 10% threshold that we have set. But I, honestly, I think that Madison, that game at home against Brentford, I mean, again, it's a punt because he may not even play. He may be up on Tyneside having a chat with uh, with some of the uh, Newcastle representatives and trying to finalise a deal through there. I think that Newcastle's latest bid of £40 million did get rejected by uh, by Leicester, and I don't think that Leicester really can afford to to lose Madison. Um, but yeah, he's my pick, and uh, although I've got Raya in goal, I still do think that Madison could put in a fantastic performance uh, against them. So, so yeah, it's going to be a Madison versus Sterling. I'll make a note of that so that when we come back and record next week, we can see who has won the battle of the punty picks. But to finish up, then. I think it's a fairly, it's going to be a fairly simple and, and quick finish because we're just going to discuss captains briefly. Is there anyone you're you're looking at past the likes of Mo Salah going into game week one? Not a chance, mate. If I'm owning Salah, I'm captaining Salah, and it's as simple as that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, mate. I mean, <laughs> it's against a newly promoted side. The way that he played in the Community Shield, as I mentioned earlier, he looked fantastic. He signed the new deal. And that Liverpool side look like they want to go and rec- reclaim the Premier League crown this season. So I think it's just a fantastic opportunity and there's never really been a more obvious uh, captain pick. I think if you want to go against Grain somewhat, then you could go with Kane at home against Southampton. But I think with Salah, it's just a no-brainer for me, certainly going into, into game week one. So Nick, I think that that's where we're going to end it for this week. I tried to keep it as concise as possible you know we're going to try and flesh this out a little bit and try and make it run a bit smoother over the coming weeks certainly but uh yeah i guess we will be back next week when we're going to be reviewing all of the action or certainly some of the most notable action from game week one and of course seeing how our final game week one teams do turn out and uh how many points we get and uh yeah hopefully Hopefully both of us get off to a uh, to a flying start. Yeah, all depends on the punty pick, mate. The punty pick.